What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Ariel Lopez, who's a co-founder CEO of Knack. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and sharing what you're working on with the listeners. For people that haven't heard of Knack or aren't you know, familiar with the product, can you kind of share what you're working on? Yeah, for sure. So Knack is a data-driven talent evaluation platform. In short, you make it easier for companies to sort, screen, and manage applicants in their pipeline so people don't get ghosted. Um, If you are looking for a job right now or you have recently or if you can think back to your last search, I'm pretty sure the sentiment is it was awful. (laughs) In fact, over 75% of people don't hear back once they hit apply. Um, And it can feel like your resume is just going into a black hole. Um, Essentially, NAC prevents the black hole from happening. Um, So we make sure that recruiters have full visibility into their pipelines through analytics. Uh, We also make it easier for them to screen all the applications fairly and sort them properly. Um, And we make sure that everyone receives correspondence. So you should never get ghosted or get a canned rejection email again. That is our grand vision. So, I mean, this is, you're speaking my language. Like, I I think, you know, it's a huge issue, right? If you apply for a job, um, you should go through a fair process, even if you're not selected. I'm curious for you, um, like you don't have to share any of your secret sauce or anything, but how, what yeah. are some of your thoughts on how you, you know, your customers are able to um, kind of have a process where everyone gets responded to? Um, or I guess you can kind of share a little bit more about your platform and kind of how it works. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of the sauce, <laughs> machine learning is very much driving the ship. Um, But I can talk a little bit about the evaluation process. Um, So ultimately, we use scorecards and we make sure that applicants are graded against the scorecards in addition to a variety of other data sources, um, just to kind of paint a a full scope or a full persona of that applicant. Um, And we make sure that ultimately their resume gains visibility in the recruiter's pipeline um, so it doesn't go into that black hole that I mentioned before. Um, I think an important thing to note is, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about my background in a second, but I myself am a former recruiter. So I know all of the bias that goes into the process and our team is very cognizant of that. And 
um, that really has everything to do with how we've built the product thus far and some of the features that are in our roadmap um, currently just to make sure that we're fighting for the job seeker. Um, and I think that's interesting, right? Like the product itself is very much so for recruiters <laughs> and those are the people that are our customers. Um, however, our ethos is largely around improving the candidate experience. And I know personally what it's like because I've coached people um, through tough job searches. I myself have been through tough job searches. I've gotten canned rejection emails. I think it's even harder when you are a recruiter because you know all of the games <laughs> and, and the psychology behind certain behaviors. Um, so all of those experiences uh, very much have laid the, the groundwork for what the product is today. I'm curious, you just mentioned it a little bit, but I kind of want to give you an opportunity to share more if you want. Like, so for the origin story of this, why did you decide to start it? And more specifically, like, when you started it, why then, right? Why did you not do it, like, five years ago, ten years ago, and why not, like, wait a couple of years? Well, they're just kind of like, here, like, why, you know, why, why this company? What's the origin story? Yeah, so origin story is started my career in recruiting and talent acquisition. Um, I, myself, am a college dropout, so... I think about my first resume <laughs> and my first job, I wouldn't have shown up in a recruiter's ATS properly because I wouldn't have met the keyword search. And, you know, largely we are thinking about the career transitioner. We're thinking about people that come from non-traditional paths. Uh, we want to make sure that they have access to a fair process, right? Like you, it doesn't make sense to me that, you get a canned rejection email just because someone never saw your application to begin with. Like you didn't even have a, a chance to be judged, <laughs> right? It's just awful. So I think my personal background and my journey, especially in the tech space has a lot to do with the products. Um, that being said, I've spent the last decade working with startups and major brands, helping them build and scale teams. My last job was at General Assembly and I was a career coach there. So I've worn all the shoes from recruiter to career coach to now uh, founder of NAC. Um, and I think every experience has really just propelled me and kind of prepared me for what was next without me even realizing it at the time. Um, and I think I'm also just really biased towards founders that have domain expertise in their space. I joke with investors that me and my co-founder didn't meet for tacos a few weeks ago and say, oh, let's build this HR tech company because we think it's cool, right? Like there was so much thought that went into this. And ultimately, I think my experience is a big competitive advantage for us. Um, but it also has a lot to do with the ethos, right? Like we are infiltrating the system. <laughs> making recruiters' lives more productive and more efficient. Um, but ultimately, the byproduct of that is helping people gain clarity on how to navigate in their careers. And there's nothing th that, that that's more important to me. How do you, how, when you like talk about this to potential customers, do you, what's that like? Um, me, when, when, when I ask that, I mean, like, do, do people realize that they have a problem? Do you need to communicate them <laughs> about, you know, 
potential hiring practices, you know, although it might be standard, may not be good. How do you, I just tell me a little bit about like kind of how you spread the word about this and like your process of getting customers. Like, is it excruciatingly hard for you to like bear the, the status quo or do people kind of understand pretty quickly? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've seen a little bit of both because I think a lot of what we're doing to your point is we're trying to shift a mindset um, in regards to recruiting. Like ultimately we're focused on the process, right? If you have 10,000 applications in your pipeline, it's humanly impossible to sort and screen through all of those. Like you need to rely on tech to help you do your job um, faster in a more efficient way. Um, that being said, again, back to the ethos around candidate experience and making it feel human. No one should feel like a bot is reviewing their application or even worse, you get ghosted and you don't know anything at all, right? And it's funny, like I think of the parallels between dating and recruiting and there's honestly a ton of them, but everyone knows what it's like to like go on a really good first date or <laughs> think there's maybe like mutual interests, right? And then crickets and you follow up and you're like, hey, I thought we had a good time. <laughs> like, did I go on a different date than you? And then it moves from you kind of being confused to you being angry, right? Especially with the canned rejection emails, if you're good. Um, I remember I was looking for a sales recruiting job. This was years ago um, with a company that I will not name right now. And I got a canned rejection email and I was like, they didn't even look at my resume because I could do this job in my sleep. And <laughs> someone at that company met me at a conference years later and they heard me on a panel and they were like, oh my God, I loved everything that you said. I wish you could come work for us. And I wanted to tell them like, actually you rejected me, but I didn't go into details. Uh, but I think like that happens every single day, right? So to your to answer your question, you can't be conscious and not recognize that this is a problem. <laughs> Whether or not you want to be proactive in making a difference and improving your process, um, and also in, in by improving your process, improving your workforce, um, because ultimately I think our argument is if you don't have full visibility, you're not making the best hires you could possibly be making. Um, if you think about the diversity problem in tech and everyone talks about it, no one is particularly doing anything great. And in my opinion, I think largely it's, it's around process. You have recruiters that rely on referrals. They rely on pattern matching, not because they're inherently racist or sexist. It's because they don't have time to care. That's just what it comes down to. So what happens if we're able to give them more time? What happens if we're able to make sure that every single resume gets screened? Naturally, you start to see people that would get overlooked and those people start to, to find jobs, right? Um, so I think conversations with customers and prospective customers have mostly been positive. I think all recruiters would love to give feedback. All recruiters would love to have a better way of manning the volume and I think people are eager for a solution, um, but we also have encountered people that don't care that much. 
that think, you know, we're X company and people love us and they're going to continue to apply regardless if we make any, any changes or not. So I think a big part of startup success is recognizing your ideal customer early on <laughs> and knowing who you want to sell to and who you want to work with. And I think we're being very strategic about that. Um, Cause personally, I don't want any customers that I wouldn't want to take a job at, especially given the problem that we're solving. Do you ever, um, in the future, well, I, I question about the future and your vision, but it's like kind of two, two prong question. One, do you ever think about potentially taking the technology for NAC and applying it towards horizontal industries? Specifically, one that I, I actually, yesterday, or what, two days ago, I got a canned response for a scout, like a scout program at a VC firm. And, oh, yeah. Which, which is like, you know, that's Absolutely. just how it is. But do you, see, <laughs> do you see this being used in other industries? And I guess I'll open it up for you. What's the big vision for this in 10 years, how do you want NAC to be kind of seen and used around the world? Yeah, no, you're reading my mind. Yes, absolutely. That's part of the vision. And I joke with VCs all the time, like, let me know when you're ready to use our product <laughs> because no one needs it more than you. Like, think about being a startup founder. Um, anytime you apply, especially for like an accelerator program, YC, Techstars, um, I'm not going to like say bad things about F6 or <laughs> Airtable or Google Forms. And I feel as though that's where most people kind of run their processes. Um, the issue though is high volume, thousands upon thousands of entries. And you think of the people that don't have a fair chance of having their startup idea evaluated. And you think about the cost of that. Right. Imagine if you actually had a fair chance that 100K could completely change the, the vision or um, not even the vision of your, of your business, but just your ability to scale <laughs> and get things done. And everybody needs that. So 100 percent. I've thought about it for venture. I thought about it for education. I had a conversation with. Um, someone that worked in admissions at a university about a year ago and they were like hey could we use this potentially and I was like hmm I didn't really think about selling into colleges and universities because that's a whole other it's a whole other game um, but if you think about the process again high volume um, I think back to when I applied for colleges right like everyone like waiting like checking the mail daily to see <laughs> did they get back like am i in right and imagine if we could give people like a proper signal even as early as coming out of high school like i ultimately think what we're building is such a game changer because what's on the other side of it and i mentioned this before is clarity and i think of my days of um, being a career coach, um, especially at GA, because GA is a boot camp, my student wasn't a traditional student. My student was a 40-year-old VP at a hedge fund <laughs> that said, hey, I actually don't want to do this anymore. I really want to work at Facebook. Can you help me figure out how to navigate from point A to point B? 
and that person that's making 200k a year has a mortgage and two kids is going through the same shitty job search i don't know if i can curse excuse me <laughs> it's going through the same shitty job search as the person that just graduated college a month ago right like it has nothing to do with how qualified you are or unqualified you are um sometimes you can even go to the top 10 school and not make it past the first screen right like we want to make sure that everyone has a fair chance and i think ultimately giving people access to that clarity helps them make better life decisions right like your career is your life and i will argue <laughs> with anyone on that like you cannot there is no work-life balance the two are intertwined right the more you enjoy your career chances are the more you enjoy your life and i want to help people live their best lives that's all i want to do and to help people live their best lives at scale you know you'll, you'll need some help right to make all this happen and luckily we have a whole you know all the people listening to the podcast are here to help so for my second to last question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help are you hiring are you looking for investors are you looking for users how can the listeners assist yeah i think just stay around for the journey <laughs> that is how you can assist us most um, we are currently building the latest version of our product. Um, we finished up an accelerator program called Accelerprise. I will plug them. Um, if you are a founder um, focused on B2B enterprise, please, please, please look into them. Like, I could not recommend a better program. Their network is super strong. Um, that being said, we're raising our seed round right now. So if you're an investor and you want to talk, reach out to me. <laughs> I'm actively having conversations. Um, and as far as users, you know, I think the interesting thing is when we launched the beta version of NAC, we originally started as a marketplace. So our idea was that companies were going to screen and manage applicants through us, but we would still have applicants on the other side. Um, and we recognized during the beta recruiters were still not gonna get back to people or give them feedback. <laughs> it was really painful. Uh, but ultimately we landed at, okay, well, we're gonna have to do this ourselves. And this is also why machine learning is, is steering the ship. How do we best communicate to people what they should be doing and, and how they should be prepared for these jobs? And that's through data. There's no better signal <laughs> to give you on how to become qualified to be a front-end engineer at Twitter or a UX designer at Pinterest than by leveraging the data and the insights that we're getting from these companies back to you. So I think for anyone that would have been a user, <laughs> although we are, are not a D2C or a B2C company, um, we very much do plan on having a big impact on the lives of job seekers. So um, just stay in touch with us, um, sign up for our newsletter, if you'd like, um, and we'll definitely keep you posted with updates as we continue to grow. And if someone wants to stay updated, learn more about you, get in touch, you know, what's your website? Can they find you on Twitter? Are you, uh, can they email someone? How can they stay in yeah. touch? Yeah, so the website is www.nac.io. 
Um, my personal email is ariel at NAC.io. Um, and you can also follow me personally on Twitter. It's at Ariel Lopez. Um, and then NAC it is at Hello NAC on Twitter. And that's how you can keep in touch with us. All right. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks a ton. This was awesome. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Matt Greenleaf, who's the co-founder of SuperTribe. Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am doing really well. You know, whenever I'm talking to an awesome founder, I'm always doing well. So I'm stoked to be <laughs> chatting with you and learning more about what you're doing with SuperTribe. For people that haven't heard of your company, haven't heard of SuperTribe, can you kind of share what you're working on? Yeah, definitely. And super, super excited to be here as well. Um, haven't, I don't think I've done like too many podcasts or agreed to do too many podcasts, but I really like what you're doing with, with yours and the format. So um, I appreciate that. I, my yeah. goal is to like, un, this is like an unofficial goal, but I, uh -huh. in, in like 10 years, I want to be like, like as many people's first or early podcasts as I possibly can versus being like someone's hundredth podcast. Now I want to be like the first podcast or second podcast, yeah. you know, of, of many. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's exciting to be here. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. But, but yeah, I mean, super tribe, I guess the uh, kind of quick way to explain it is that we make it super simple for people to make professional connections um, over multiplayer games. So I guess an example of that could be um, if you if you were like after work, um, you see the clock hits 6 p.m. or something and you want to de-stress and go play some Fortnite or something, but you don't really have anyone online to play with, you would ideally be able to go on Super Tribe um, and kind of fill out a quick form and, and say, this is the game I'm playing. This is kind of a, a person I'd ideally like to play with whether it's like a founder an investor an engineer etc and we'd be able to match you instantly with someone in our community who's also online trying to find someone to play with so this is pulling at two um two kind of things that i'm interested in so it's yeah it's, um the gaming esports realm and there's right. just like the consumer 2020 consumer realm and like you know making friends and stuff um, how can I'd love to like kind of hear how this would work. So let's say I, mm -hmm. um, I want to give it a shot, right? Do I like, yeah. this, is it game specific or do you assign me a game and assign me someone to play with? Like, I guess, can you kind of go in a little bit deeper into, totally. if I wanted to try it out, how it would work? How would, how, what game would I play? Who would I meet? What kind of, yeah, yeah. I no, I think, uh, I think that's a great question The the kind of process of like onboarding, I think really, gets a lot of the kind of information about yourself, like your background, um, kind of if you have any specific weekly like career objectives or goals that you want to hit, um, that will also be like something we take into account with the kind of matching system um, for finding someone to, to pair you with. And then obvious things would be like your interests and then also the games that you like to play. So it's favorite games, uh, top three. And obviously like, yeah, we're not going to force you to play a specific game. So the the kind of games that we've put on the platform are like the most popular games that are on the market right now. Um, so kind of like Fortnite, Warzone, League of Legends, Fall Guys, Among Us, all those different 
all those different things. And there's, for people who don't have, like, it's not like specifically, we don't want to like exclude anybody who doesn't have like a cons a gaming console, a Nintendo switch or a PC, a gaming PC. So we also have like online chess and online poker. So anyone who um, doesn't have a specific system to game with, then they can also opt for those, um, those options and we'll, we'll find them a match. But yeah, it's, it's really simple. Like you fill out, you go through onboarding and then go to your kind of weekly meeting form. And um, after you fill that out, we find a match for you and you basically hop, you get, you guys hop on a call with each other that we um, create and yeah, the, the gaming just begins. You add each other on the game and just start gaming. And the interesting, the interesting insight here is actually people who connect over Super Tribe end up spending like two times to 2.5 times um, longer on their call than their original um, scheduled call was like 45 minutes. Usually people spend twice that amount playing together. So it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it proves that you have something that's like working that like people, you know, want to keep chatting with each other, right? Please keep playing. How, what, tell me a little bit about the origin story for this. Why totally. did you decide to, um, to start this company? And like when you decided, like why then? Why not five years before then? And why not, you know, in five years or 10 years? Like why then? Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, the, I guess, original origin would be like me and my co-founder, we were kind of um, just like a lot of other people when kind of COVID started becoming like this standard way, like the norm of our lives um, around like, what is it? April probably is when it really started to get real and like everyone was on lockdown, quarantining, whatever that was, that was what everyone was doing. And we had this idea of like wanting to build like a new product every month and um, not stopping that until we got out of um, the pandemic. So we're always like coming up with ideas. We actually are, currently like vetting through different things for this month, but still like 80% of our focus is on super tribe since it's gotten such good traction. And that was kind of the origin. We, we were working on so many different products and when we weren't working on products, we were like, um, well, I was looking for companies to invest in with the fund, but also we were gaming, um, as a way to like build new connections. And we were in a bunch of different discord servers or communities, um, that had, that were like for, different types of interests. So one interest was like for other angel investors, for entrepreneurs, for people generally in the tech ecosystem. And that was basically like one of our ways of connecting with people who were like-minded and wanted to like play these specific games. Um, so we just thought of like all those, all those components of like a discord server that weren't really structured and took that and like interviewed a bunch of our friends and were like, Oh, this would make sense to just like structure it and put it into a product. So that's kind of how Super Tribe early and in, in, in kind of like an early um, origin story kind of formed. And yeah, we, we've been kind of trying to just improve it ever since. I'm curious, do you have any thoughts or like theories on the the macro trend of mm-hmm. just gaming and esports and how in my view and i could be just because i'm you know in tech maybe it's biased but i'm curious to get your perspective if it seems like gaming is is on the come up um or is just growing in its tam right more people are interested more people are getting on discord more people are trying games what are you seeing in um in the market 
And are you finding people, you know, almost becoming gamers by being users of, uh, of kind of, of your product or are they already gamers in the first place? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I think that, um, it's probably still a little too early to tell, but I would say that there are people who have reached out to me, um, saying that like they don't really game and they don't like have a PC or a Xbox or a PS4, but they want to, you know, be able to connect with people on our, on our platform. And I was like, that's great. You can use your phone. You can download like some of these games. You can also just use your, your laptop and like go on chess.com and play with people. And yeah, I mean the, the kind of macro trend I see is like esports is going to continue growing. I think that, um, you know, COVID has actually helped esports and just gaming for like a, a everyday consumer. Like, I think that has really like helped people get into, get back into gaming or start gaming. Um, I think there, there was like a Verizon, um, like usage report that I, that I read, like, I don't know, it was like a couple months ago and it, it was something like around 70 plus percent. I think it was around 70 to 80%. There's an increase, um, like right after like people started quarantining in kind of the amount of, um, users, like, that were on gaming platforms like Steam and um, Twitch and YouTube had like huge spikes just in terms of um, viewership. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing. I think that it's, it's interesting because from a cultural zeitgeist point of view, you know, gaming used to be like this thing that was kind of more, um, more of like a, a loner or kind of like, like antisocial stereotype, right? But now it's, it's really not. It's becoming like, a lot more mainstream for people to game together. I think um, streaming platforms are making that, are, are helping that. And also games just um, are becoming more democratized. Free to play games are helping with that. And also just um, kind of cross-platform games are helping to just make things a lot more accessible. And if you were to look out, you know, as, as things continue with gaming, as the, as the trend continues, as your product, you know, develops, if you zoom out, you know, you know, let's say 10,000 feet, what, what does this look like in five, 10 years? Or I guess in other words, what's the, the big vision you have for, for your company and, you know, what direction, what direction are you rowing in every day? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the, the kind of, I guess, five years is pretty far, but yeah, the ideal place we would want to be is, um, is knowing that we like, we're able to kind of re reinvent the way that people do like networking. Um, and, and even like, you know, take, take advantage of the time that we're in where everyone is on zoom calls all day. Right. And, um, the last thing you want to do when you get off work to kind of like meet with new people and hang out with like friends is get on another zoom call. So like, I think what we're trying to do is really reinvent the way people stay connected. Um, and even get like a sense of of like serendipitous connection where they're like you know finding finding someone new to game with um and even like completing some type of career objective while doing so but yeah that's that's i think like the ultimate goal is to just have this huge community of of um people around the world that want to want to game with each other but also want to accelerate their careers and they're able to kind of complete those objectives through super tribe um and obviously another piece of that which i think comes with getting to that that larger community critical mass is 
um, you know, fixing like matchmaking um, and making it on demand so that you don't have to like sign up every week and wait to like meet your, your next like connection, but being able to actually do it like instantly and just, you know, that comes with obviously a, a whole chicken and egg problem, but that's, that's something that um, we feel like we can build towards and having like a strong, a strong like gaming community, I think really reinforces the ability to do that. Cause it's much, it's much, um, it's much stickier. Like I think the fact that we already see people spending more time playing together is kind of a, kind of sort of a, a telltale sign of where we're going or where we want to go. And then it's also the fact that people are already reconnecting through super tribe. Um, you don't really see people doing that as much when you like cold outreach on, on LinkedIn or use, I don't know if you ever use like shaper. Um, we've also interviewed a few people from, from like lunch club and yeah, most of the time it's just one-off introductions, which is not what we want to be. We want to be the place where you can continue to nurture your matches, not just like meet one person and have it feel like it's quite transactional. And if someone's listening to this that really aligns with that, which there are plenty, I can, I can guarantee you, um, you know, how, how can someone, you know, help you make that vision happen? Or I guess in other words, um, what's an ask that you have for the forward thinking founders community? Are you looking for more users? Are you looking for investors, potential team members, partnerships, you know, in gaming? How can the forward thinking founders community help you push your vision forward? Yeah, that's, no, that's definitely a good, uh, a good question. I, I'd probably say like the, the one thing, like if you're genuinely like interested in super tribe and like finding, finding new ways to, to connect with people and, um, you're a gamer or you are interested in playing games, like we, we'd love to have you. We're currently in early access and we, we have like a lot of people on the wait list, but if you, if you DM me on Twitter or something, um, I could even, I could even give you my email to like email me and just like reach out for, I can make sure you like get onboarded and don't have to sit on the wait list forever. But yeah, we do that because we want everyone to be a part of kind of the future product of what we're building and, and, uh, not because we're trying to like build, build some type of exclusivity. If anything, we want it to be inclusive and make sure everyone gets off the wait list as soon as possible. But, um, but yeah, I'd say just anyone who would want to use it to, you know, connect. I think there's a lot of objectives you could use it for people have, I think this week people are using it to find co-founders. People are using it to, um, raise funding. And so, yeah, anyone's welcome. Could be a, you could be a founder, an investor, um, an engineer, a marketer, whatever it is, you can, you can totally, um, check out supertribe.gg. And then the partnership side, I'd say like, we're going to be starting to organize a lot of events. We're even looking at, at doing a company league. So like having like Google versus Facebook versus Apple, all these, like all these companies basically like fighting it out on like a sort of um, corporate league playing games against each other. So if there's anyone at, at companies um, who like are tapped into their gaming communities, we've, we've been talking to people at, um, you know, at Google and at Facebook about this, but yeah, we're so we're, we're super like open to talking to anyone who would be interested in that or just kind of co-hosting events with us. Um, we're getting a lot of that up on the calendar right now. 
Cool. That sounds exciting. Um, if someone did want to do something like that, or at least, you know, try it out, remind us, where can they find you online? What's your URL? Are you on social media? Can they email you? Um, how can someone get in touch if they, you know, they want to get involved? Uh, yeah, the link for SuperTribe is really simple, just supertribe.gg. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it that often. Um, so I'd say just go ahead, you can email me. Um, and probably the best email is is greenleafmat at gmail.com. So that's actually my personal email. Uh, you can you can reach out to me there if you're if you're interested in testing out the product or just have questions about what we're doing. Happy to happy to connect there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and best of luck, you know, making it happen. Um, you know, with, with your company. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Matt.